0: My God, I mean, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, eight and two is 10. So what does that mean? Look at, oh, Stacy. Hey, everyone, Stacy, I don't think he's (laughs) drinking soda. What are you drinking?
1: So Michael just finished alive and is a bad influence on me. (laughs) You're very bad influence. He says, I want you to go have two shots right now. I'm like, um, all right, I'll have a glass of wine. And then I was like, oh, that's right. Wait a minute. So Sue, I, I, I've i never drank Jack my entire life. And Sue loves Jack and Coke. So I tried a Jack yeah. and Coke. I'm like, oh, this is in bed. And it was pretty mild And my stomach. Everything upsets my stomach. Oh, and Jack okay. does not upset my stomach. So that was, was kind of a bad ah. thing to discover. <laughs>
0: no it's a very good thing to discover no so yeah i love doing these lives because lives (laughs) are really you you get a chance you instantly go back and forth with everyone you answer as many yeah it was a real fall when you you answer as many questions as you can for fans and and there were a lot of really thought-provoking things. Things, Stacy. I think you and I in the future, we're going to do special editions of yeah. Rocky Files on this. Yeah, because some people were asking very intuitive questions.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it was very good, and it's it best is when you know People are really paying attention to what you're up yeah. to, to what we're up to. And that feels good. But uh yeah, I was like, hmm. but yeah, we got a whole new topic. Thanks to our friend, uh, Carol, <laughs> that we will be covering in the Carol future.
0: nailed a few things.
1: <laughs> Carol she nailed a point. It. Yes, she My did.
0: God, <laughs> did she ever. So,
1: you know, yeah. we should
0: we should beat Carol into submission. I we know. should show up at her house and just club her. Into yes. coming on the podcast, because yeah. I think she would add to mm-hmm. the topic that we are alluding to. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Because I would like Carol, to hear a thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about prior endeavors of Michael. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's that's as far as we'll go. But um, she summed it up absolutely perfectly. And I've really been did. after Carol for two years now. Like, when are you coming on? So you're running out of excuses, my dear, you got to get on here because that was a very, um, it was just a perfect way to sum up. how She that had a great
0: happened. insight. She really, she, she right. really did.
1: Yeah. She, she, so. she really did. Stacy,
0: 1981, 1982. Nin- the, right. These are so. remarkable years. <laughs> Why in the Stallone world?
1: So in episode 81, we totally blew by the uh, Sloan facts because we're trying to, you know, have, bring some content. So in 1981, yeah. what were the movies, Michael? I'm going to test you. What, what came out in 1981? So, so it
0: depends on what continent you lived on. But, like, if you were in America, it was Victory. If you were in Europe, it was Escape to Victory.
1: Right. See, okay. of course, you know okay. this. Yes. Of yeah. course. And
0: <laughs> then... No matter where you lived, no matter yes. where you were, you could not hide from John J. Rambo. 1982, yes. Usher in first blood. Yes. It it was an action movie that reinvigorated mm-hmm. the action genre. Right. You know, we're talking, if anyone knows, I know this is called The Rocky Files, and mm-hmm. I... <sighs> I am not a Rambo expert. I, I am really good with mm-hmm. Rambo stuff, but I'm not right. an expert on the Rambo series like I am with Rocky. And uh, I would love to bring on a, you know, Brian McKinney from the uh, Hope Visitors uh, Bureau Center. Oh, okay, where am I going with this? The name of the town. I know. I get, I get so charged up with this shit. It's crazy. You're good. So, you're good. Uh, so the name of the town that they filmed First Blood in is Hope, British Columbia. Okay. Right. Uh, it's uh, right up there near Vancouver. Just up a little bit further. And Brian McKinney, uh, a friend of mine, he runs the Hope Visitors Bureau. And there is a First Blood Rambo tour, just like there's a Rocky tour that you can yes. come and see so uh, one of my dreams is to get up there to see him and take this this rambo tour anyways uh i'd love to get him on the podcast and do a mm. segue to yeah. rocky's younger little brother rambo and i love I love to bring him in what do you think you think
1: that could work oh that would be awesome and our dear friend joanne Yee would have Cow, because she would. She is a huge Rambo fan. I don't know. Joanne's up that way. Yeah. Oh she, yeah. She uh she's been up there. She had posted all these pictures that we had reposted several months yep. back. But yeah, no, we'll definitely have to. We can yeah. have a, a Rambo files <laughs> per day.
0: Definitely, I, I definitely think we should bring those guys in. But anyways, yeah, that's the big thing. Eighty one, eighty two. Um, and I, you know, I always wonder why did they change the name? Why is it like? Victory in America and Escape to Victory. Anyone who sees the movie understands what Escape to Victory means. But, like, why did the studio feel America get the title? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one further thing, and then I'll let this go. Why did America always get the release of a Stallone movie like a month and a half ahead of Europe? Why? Oh, I don't know if you realize this, Stacy, but like we would get like a a release of first blood. And then like two months later, it releases Mm -hmm. elsewhere. Why not on the same day release across the planet? I I don't understand Mm -hmm. the problem Mm -hmm. here. I I don't know. Maybe maybe our followers, maybe our fans could Mm -hmm. explain that to me because I don't understand.
1: Right. Right. Well, we'll have to get Stallone on here to answer that question because I'm sure he would know.
0: (laughs) Ah. So just call
1: him up. <laughs> Make that happen.
0: I might. I might just text him and ask him that question. What happened? That's a really. I was going to send him. You know, here's a funny thing. You say that. I was going to text him about last week. I was going to ask him. Whose idea was it in Rocky five when Paulie drinks with the binoculars and he mm-hmm. Paulie screws off and he drinks the. I wanted to ask Sly. I haven't asked him anything in, in, in a couple of weeks. I said. What what was this? Whose idea was this? Is that a, your idea? Was it a collaborative? Was it Bert Young? Whose idea was right, this? I right. didn't ask him because I thought, eh, I don't know. Do I want to burn a weekly question on Sly like that? But
1: I, now that I'm asking, I'm thinking, like, I'm really intrigued. So maybe you. maybe I'll ask what him what about a two once first. a month? Once a month, you can ask him that question about yeah, why maybe. things are released at yeah, different right, times around the right, globe. Right. And then another month you can ask that.
0: Right. I think that's a, a good idea. Listen, now that we're talking about Sly, I know I'm I'm touching up uh, uh I'm slightly changing things out of order here. It's, did it's awesome. we grab did we grab a picture of the new uh prototype Rocky? Yes on the okay, why don't you show that from the Sly Stallone shop?
1: This. Look that's at awesome. that bad boy.
0: Yeah, this is two foot tall. Okay, so just take two uh, feet. Two feet tall. I'm going to enlarge my screen because when I talk about this, I want to take a look at this in, in all its glory. All right. So he, here, the 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 reason this thing is working is because uh, uh, Nick, Agent Nick, if you guys follow uh, Nick Tadasco, Tadesco, Tadesco or Tadasco. Um, I, apo- I apologize for not knowing the name exactly. Do you know what it is, Stace? It, yeah, Cord- Cordasco, I believe. Oh, Cordasco. Cordasco. I was completely wrong. I apologize. (laughs) So those of you who follow Nick Cordasco, okay, uh, you guys could, uh, you guys know that he posts posts a lot about the Slice the Long Job because he runs it. And this, Mm -hmm. what we're looking at is two feet tall. Now, just take a look at this. This is before the flesh gets painted. This is before the rips and the tears get put into the sweatpants. I mean, they are working right now with, um, Uh, Converse to bring Mm -hmm. the actual Converse logo on the sneakers because you got to pay for that. To put it out there and also in a post uh, Nick had put out there that they are working with Casanova gloves because the first Rocky gloves are Casanova. They were literally made illegal after the movie came out because they were too small. They were like 10 ounce gloves. They were too deadly, but they are Casanova glove red gloves that they use in the original uh, film. Anyways, looking at this, they got the blue towel. The hand wraps are actually on the fist. They're just not painted. Uh, off white yet but look at the one sleeve is longer than the other i mean this is the blue towel we got the navy blue cap the skull cap the 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 short uh rocky sweatpants i mean this is the character and i remember john rivoli had sent this concept to me a few months back and he would go he he had asked me he goes mike what is the concept of rocky Uh, at the steps, like something Mm. different. So there's the traditional arms up, you know, For Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. That's the traditional, but I said, and and I did not give John this idea. This idea is John Rivoli's idea. But what I did say to John was something in action, something in movement Mm -hmm. and one foot up arms at the side. We could almost imagine at the end when rocky is dancing around and he throws his fist right he's doing the whole thing doing the dance yeah. and then it cuts right right well what happens to rocky after that moment after that moment rocky's got to walk back down the steps or yeah. jog down on the steps he's got to go home he's got to go to mighty mix gym and he's got to train right mm-hmm. he's got he's got to mm-hmm. train so For a second, this to me, and I have not asked John Rivoli about this, but in my mind, this is Rocky putting his arms down right after we see him in the movie and he stands one foot on. So he's his left foot is standing on the 72nd step. His Mm -hmm. right foot is on the 71st step. He's ready to almost turn and go home. He's ready to fight. That's this photo. He's ready. Yeah. His arms are at his sides. He's ready to go. I yeah. love this pose. Look at the string for the waistband. Yeah. This is yeah. brilliant. Okay. Yeah, the detail, it, right? It's it's brilliant. I can only hope. And knowing John Rivoli the way that I know him, he will have demanded if they could turn that statue around mm-hmm. on the back mm-hmm. Italian stallion.
1: Yeah, of course it has to be. But this is this is what he does. He he imagines what the moments are that we don't see. And yeah. to me, when you look at this, this is that one last pause where he yep. takes it all in and then goes down the stairs. That's what yep. I feel yeah. when I look at it for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to say because it's my favorite Rocky three was also 82. Oh yes. Jesus.
0: Danny Watley <laughs> will be pissed at us right? for not mentioning Rocky three.
1: Jesus.
0: Yes how did we this is the rocky files you know what that's it we lost our licensing that's all right it. we're fired <laughs> we're fired <laughs> anyway that
1: was my only that was part two of 82 so i just wanted to pop that in there my gotcha. favorite all right so uh there's lots of opinions going around about yeah. this
0: an experience with
1: yeah great photo yeah. Kate, from the uk
0: yeah, Kate from the UK put this up. Uh, I got a lot of people sending me a lot of clips about uh, from the newspaper about Stephen. And I always say his name wrong. Stephen Alexi, 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 I don't know what it I is. Mm-hmm. Ale- Alexi. OK, mm-hmm. so uh, he was the promoter who did an experience with and Sly, I think, had done three of them. And the last one in December out in L.A. was a complete disaster for a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know our friend uh, Tony from Round 14. I know yeah. um, uh, 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 Charlie, uh, Charlie and his son Connor. I know they kind of got a little screwed over, and yep. they had overbooked. What they had done, they had overbooked Sly. There was X amount that Sly had signed on for, and mm-hmm. it was nearly double, if not triple. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of things going on. In other rooms, there was a green room where Mm -hmm. Sly wanted to go to kind of just collect himself before he went out on stage to be somewhat um, charismatic
1: and ready, charismatic
0: and get Mm -hmm. in the zone. And I understand that because I myself as a simple little Rocky impersonator, I get green rooms and I go into these green rooms. And usually, there's no one there. There's a bottle hmm. of water, and I I usually get myself into character. Mike goes away, like, hey, right. Boy, you know I mean? right? It's like bouncing the ball. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And so, right. I do all these things. And I get it, you need to be alone because you want to give the people that are paying, you want to give them everything you possibly can. And if you are being marginalized by other people in the room that are told, okay, if you pay me $10,000, five people will get to sit with you in the green room. Yeah. So this Alexi, I guess he made a lot of money off of people sitting in the green room with Sly. Sly to his credit was a genuine stand-up guy. He walked in, he's I can't believe this is happening, but okay, it's here. So he he knew it would kill those fans, so he was a stand-up guy and he was there for the fans. Anyways, not only did he screw over Sly, but he screwed over Arnold too. There's a whole story behind the Arnold uh, right. uh thing that went on and you know, Arnold's a very smart businessman. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened with the Pacino, thing in the Mm -hmm. uk but this guy alexi he's he's really persona non grata i mean he is not going to be wanted by any of these people and in the in the paper i know we i don't know if we have any maybe uh, you know what i'll send it to you some of the clips people have been sending me here are some clips of sly and this guy steven who have screwed people over so sly is in this picture with this guy who's bad news well sly didn't screw nobody over but he's in a picture with a guy who did. And that's going to be very, very, very frustrating for Sly. So uh, anyways. Um,
1: well, Steven's is lying to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, he's, he says, oh, Sly, hey, this is how it's going to be. We need you for this much time. Right. And, and that'll be it. This we're, we're, you know, putting it in a box. And then you're over promising to the fans. I mean, Steven is screwing the fans by saying, oh, you know, you can't overbook. He's basically exploiting S- Sly on the spot. You're lying about what the job is. And Tony, just... our
0: our 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 partial co-host back in the day, right? Tony of right. round fourteen. His yeah. daughter buys him these tickets, thousands of dollars, yep. to fly from gift. Florida to a gift to California. She knows what this means to her dad. She knows yep. what this means, and. <laughs> All was mm-hmm. for not. It, it was a part. crushing mm-hmm. blow mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. all Tony ever wanted to do is to meet Sly, shake his hand and say, thank you and get mm-hmm. that picture with him. I know Tony's pain. I understand mm-hmm. that devastation. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, it, it's, uh, that was just Tony T- mm-hmm. times that by a hundred. And yep. it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy.
1: Yeah. And I think he had done that several times to Sly. He's done it several times to others. And after a while, it's like, you know what? You're not going to use me. You're right. not going to. I'm not a zoo animal. You know what I mean? That is yes. on display, you know? And right. I think. Right. But anyway, the the punchline to all of this is this man is finally answering for it. And he has been charged for fraud and he's going to jail. So or yeah, if he's already definitely. there. So a little justice for someone who actually deserves it is always. Thank nice. God. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, my friend. And then, okay, so this next little part of the conversation, and I've uh-huh. put out a post about this. I'm going to put up a picture here. There's a six-part podcast called The Statue, and it is a very layered look at the Rocky statue in Philadelphia, how it came into to be, all the things before it, what it means to various groups of people, what it means to Rocky people, what it means to people of color, what it means to people from around the world. It is a look at the Rocky statue that I, there's so many things I never even considered. So I want to encourage everybody to go find it. It's called The Statue. It's on. It's an audio podcast. Uh, Then our dear friend Michael, there was a panel after it. So this is, I'm assuming they're going to be releasing it. I have the whole thing. You sent it to me. I can turn it into a little video and we can, we can just release it separately. Um, it's an hour and seven minutes long. Mike, you Mm. nailed some points in this that were so delish. I was just like, so it was a panel of several of these people and how they contributed to this podcast and the varying, um, opinions. So go ahead. Talk about that.
0: I was incredibly, uh, intimidated. Doing this, because here we are going to the Philadelphia Museum of Art, a place right. where I don't really understand and I don't belong. I'm not an art guy. I don't mm-hmm. be- I don't have a, a bachelor's degree in anything. Right. I, I <laughs> maybe in Rockyology, it's a more like a life degree. But to <laughs> exactly. me, when I walked in, I knew the qualifications of the people that would be mm-hmm. here. And they all had like an entire alphabet right. of
2: you know, letters, degrees. yeah, letters yeah. behind
0: the name of what they have accomplished. And I can't, I can't show that. I I don't have letters of recommendation, I, I don't have a PhD, MBA of whatever. So yeah. I just showed up as me,
1: <laughs> right? And, and which is enough, can, but mm.
0: ah, yeah, but is it enough? I don't know. So I, all I can do is talk from my heart. That I can just yeah. tell you the passion that I have, how I interpret all of this. And mm-hmm. Stacy, before I say anything else, why don't you insert
2: right about here? Why don't you put that video I sent you? I wanna I wanna take a look at that. Seeing one of your tours and when people but you said it, but I, I want to give appreciation to it. Like the you really epitomize that pilgrimage. People are like in the film, like, yep, I got a job interview this week. I have to get myself ready people who are survivors of trauma, of illness, and bringing them there. And and it's just, I think that it, it's tempting to try to say, what's the real story? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? And I'm more of a both-and person, so I wanted to hear what all of you had to say and what places you took the podcast. Because no monument is in isolation. All monuments, all public art is in conversation with all of the things around it, and all of us around it, and you took us to places that added meaning and depth.
0: Yeah, if I could just add one thing to to that, because you brought up some, and earlier somebody said something about this too. Like, you know, the statue isn't art; it is art. It's a movie prop. It can be something. Could be two things.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: that's <laughs> so, right. so I think this is a, a a good place to bring this up. When you look at art. You're looking at a piece of art, a painting, a sculpture, whatever, and you're looking at it with every experience you've ever had in your life. You are the total, the totality of all you've experienced. And that statue is going to mean something different to you and to you and to you and to you than it does to me. But it doesn't make it any less valuable or any less artistic and that's the thing I've always tried to get across to people is that it is art and and you know, this wasn't something that the city had money for they had no money it cost alone 38000 dollars back then mm-hmm. to have this statue made uh, and so when he he gave it to the city as a gift and it, it, he didn't he hated the uproar about it. there was that whole uproar that it didn't belong here or there and so uh, anyways when you look at a piece of art it's how you
2: interpret it and it's I don't it's how are, I do it are you are you over there dropping some art historical? Knowledge? I mean, that's a beautiful point that, that, the idea, yeah, I mean that the idea, you know, that the meaning of art, there's all kinds of debates of like, well, is the meaning from what the producer made or what the person who staged it, but this idea that it's about what you bring to it and what it brings to you. That's
0: beautiful. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's the way I think a lot of people that come to the museum upstairs, I think that's what they are doing. Maybe they realize it, maybe they don't, but that's how I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> That, so good, Jesus! That is such a humbling thing for me because <laughs> never in a hundred years did I ever think I could be on a panel discussing yeah. the effects of Rocky, this little kid from Scranton, Pennsylvania. So, uh I, I can go down. You and I both, Stacy, can go down yeah. a rabbit hole on this. And and mm-hmm. right now, this episode is not the episode I want to do that on. I want to dedicate an entire special addition to this. Mm-hmm. And and everybody mm-hmm. we Stacy and I were just the last hour Stacy and I were just working out our thought process on this. And this is yeah. something I I really I I will be reaching out to Sly about to get his thoughts on the statue in into what I'm saying. He may or may not may not talk about it because it is a little bit of a lit fuse to mm-hmm. say why why is there a Rocky statue and not a Joe Frazier statue mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So right. this unfortunately right now our podcast is we, we don't have the time right now to talk about that, but this is something we are really going to push sooner than later. I think, mm-hmm. I think before Thanksgiving, we're going to get this out there and talk about maybe even way sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, your thoughts, Stacy, before we move on.
1: Yeah. And, and Paul Farber, the gentleman who was talking to you yeah. is, is mainly who I want to get on. There's a couple of, yes. uh, one or two from the panel I'd like to get on, but you know, I think what I learned specifically is, as Rocky fans, we're not thinking about anything else. We're just, we love Sly, we love Rocky, you know what I'm saying? And so there's this whole other culture behind it or or things that were happening before it that make you go, wow, we have to consider that too. We can't forget those people either. And and like you said, it's too long to get into now, Yeah, but it is something we're going to take a deep dive into with Paul when he's available
0: really really
1: excited about that yeah yeah so what else do we got going on we have a knock at the door and so it's so funny this gentleman his friend contacted me first he was like you've got to get scott baker on he's great he's such a funny guy so his friend was selling him before he (laughs) did, right and then so i said hey send scott to fill out our guest form which by the way Anyone who wants to be a guest, please go to our LinkedIn and fill out the form. Um, And this gentleman is a retired New York City cop. So, you know, maybe one or two stories. (laughs) One or
0: two thousand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one or two thousand. And now he's uh, a comedian improviser. So just uh, taking all that and, and giving us a laugh. Hold on, Scott. Here he is. Hey, Scott Baker.
3: Welcome. Hey, Hey, I've been listening to you guys. Fantastic stuff. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, Scott. Scott, I like to consider myself a connoisseur of Rocky Ah. t-shirts. I don't have that one. Where
3: did you get that? I know I'm going to sit up a little bit because it's kind of misleading. All right. Watch, watch, watch. Oh,
0: Marciano. <laughs> I've seen that one. Okay. And, uh, yeah. On social media, there are these, the Marciano sites. I just right. got one upstairs. It just came the other day. It's like this olive drab and black Marciano when he was in the army in 47. Oh, yeah, Yeah. 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 Oh, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Great shirt. Thank you for wearing it.
3: I didn't mean to mislead you, but I, oh, I didn't know this guy was the cut it off that way. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> and, you know, I was wearing it because I remember the scene. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys are experts, but, you know, we when you do uh, when you talk to your friends, like little s- snippets, I'm sure you get this a lot. We'll just text each other little snippets from all the Rocky movies or right. something right. like that. And one of the yeah. things when Mickey comes into his apartment. You know, and he's going, you move like the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You move like them. You, you remind him of them. So I was like, I'm, I've been a Marciano fan. You know, I'm a Dempsey right. fan, a Marciano fan, a Joe Frazier fan. Yep. You nice. know, so I, I have some boxing t-shirts. So this one was appropriate for today.
0: Ah, oh, it's perfect. Are you kidding me? That's and, and And again, you know, a lot of people don't realize this because Sly had gone on so many interviews, whether it was. A video written radio, and he had mm-hmm. talked about the Chuck Webner Ali fight, which was a catalyst of sorts. But mm-hmm. also, people don't understand Joe Frazier pounded mm-hmm. frozen beef. Rocky Marciano was one of the main people that Sly mm-hmm. thought of. That's where he got Rocky from. Rocky mm-hmm. came from Rocky Marciano. Really? No, oh, totally. Totally, and Sly was living. A, a lot of people may not know this, but Sly was living down the street from a place called Balboa Park.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I Bal- didn't know that.
0: And that's where, when he was writing Rocky, he he just Sly being an artistic guy, you're thinking, you're always thinking and adding and subtracting. And Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa, yeah. it just sounded right. And it's, it's a sounded, natural name. Yeah, it's exactly. a natural name. And that's where it comes from. That's and you know, now
3: that you bring it up, when well, you remember in Rocky One when he's doing the string test with his feet, some fighters right. back mm-hmm. in the day do that. But now that you bring it up, that he did model it over after Marciano, he yeah. really did move like Rocky Marciano did. You of know, course the way he, he did. plotted, you know, he plotted forward, the way yeah. he dragged his foot. You know, it's the same movement as Marciano did when you look at Marciano's fights. Uh, Marciano is 5
0: foot 11 I believe Stallone is 5 foot 10 Rocky is listed as 5 foot 11 So again Stallone and Rocky They, they had this unique Similar build uh, Stallone mm. had that type of build In the original Rocky you know, He wasn't 3% body fat He right. wasn't no. Not like he would become 3 and 4 and so on So And Marciano wasn't 3% body fat Marciano was Great shape Great boulder shoulders great, 16 mm. inch yeah. arms, big forearms, right? But Marciano never had a really big chest, he had a natural fighter's chest because you wouldn't have a big Arnold Schwarzenegger chest, you wouldn't it, have that it, as a it body. No,
3: it makes it actually contradictory to you talking exactly about your chest is too much. That means, that means your hands are too far wide out. Exactly. So, when you look at Marciano, where he punched everything the famous six inch punch when he fought Walcott, everything mm-hmm. is that short from the shoulder. Bang, bang, you know, everything is, yeah, everything. If you watch his shoulders and his hip, nothing is like a Tommy Hearns where he's out long like that, right? Which is what made that Creed, uh, a Rocky one and two so great because it was Ali Frazier, you know, type of of dynamic. And when he got inside and he started banging Paolo's body, you know, everything's with Mm -hmm. the shoulders, just like Marciano. Marciano can't fight from the outside, there's no way, right? Right, totally. Stacy,
0: why do we have Scott here? let me tell you <laughs> i okay. mean he's
1: on fire he's a firecracker yeah no i i knew it we were going back and forth and i thought i think scott the most adorable thing you said is you're like i don't know if i have a specific example and then you gave me like five specific examples of why you love rocky and how he carried you through i'm like what are you talking about so you know i, I don't if you want to go linear we can just we can go back you know and and start from when you were a kid i mean you went through some serious stuff some very well, very serious things that rocky kind of pushed you he up, did and through he did mm-hmm. you know when you were
3: a kid and the things I guess I went through, you know, you don't realize you're going through them because you're a kid. <laughs> you think it's normal, right? You don't you don't realize that you're you're facing these uphill battles at a young age because you didn't fall from grace.
1: Yeah. It was just
3: something natural to me. Wow. So I think, you know, like in the files, I tell to you, you know, I mean, I never used to want to talk about it. But then as I get older, I realize that my story sometimes helps people, you know, so uh, without the risk of sounding braggadocious, I do it more to tell people. So maybe they can learn from it and help themselves, just like Stallone and Rocky. Maybe he didn't set out to write a story that was gonna help people for the next 50 years, but it certainly does, you know? So when I was a kid, I was four when my brother, who was seven, I had two brothers, seven and 10, I was four as the youngest. So my brother who was seven, he he got leukemia and passed away within a couple of months uh, and he died in the apartment in Brooklyn. uh, And I was right there. So to me, death was early, you know, struggle was early. And then a couple of months later, my father got cancer and he struggled for like six or seven years before he passed when I was 10. So I was Italian. I'm, still, I'm Italian and Jewish. I was raised Jewish and we moved from Brooklyn to Long Island. And now all of a sudden I see everybody else with fathers and little leagues and this and that. To me, the normal part of it is I don't have a father. I don't I, you know, so I don't have heroes close by to look at. So what do I do? You gravitate towards what you see sure. 1977 was my father died. 1976 was Rocky, right? I, I believe. Yeah, it. yes, sir. So the popularity hit and who did I gravitate to? I gravitated towards a guy who used hard work, ethic, honesty, sense of humor. All of these things get knocked down, get back up, all of these things. And I gravitated to that subconsciously to try and be that type of character, along with some other, you know, Hollywood people and some other people in the neighborhood. So I gravitated towards that. And Stallone probably didn't set out that way to make that type of hero. But he did affect this person. And in turn, I affected others, you know, and all those things that he did, those values he put in in his movies, I, I just gravitated towards because they inspired me to never ever give up. Take those hits, and you know, in the last movie about, uh, it's, it's you know Rocky Balboa in, in, in his last one, when he gives that speech to his kid, is so poignant because nothing's going to hit. You know, y- you don't know when life is going to strike you down. It could be a Tuesday afternoon. It could be you know yep. something you see coming, but you know nothing's going to hit as hard as life. But you have to keep moving, and all of his movies are in that genre, and they. I gravitated towards that. And, you know, I just believed in it. You know, you said something
0: that is so, you know, here's, <laughs> I was telling Stacy before the, that we started I was like, okay, Stacy, you got to go with this. You're going to do all the segues, and everything. And like, you get me thinking. Scott. Yeah. And one, and I, I, I do want to say this. You said something very, very profoundly. Uh, Sly didn't set out to do something that was going to affect <laughs> people for the next 50 years. He didn't. That that was not his that that's not he just wanted to tell his story in the body of a boxer because no one cared about an out of work actor. Nobody cared. But fighting, fighting, we all understand this, okay? You gotta fight to get up in the morning, you gotta fight to use the bathroom if you got a big family, you gotta fight through traffic, (laughs) fight through work, fight to get home. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta fight with the people you love the most because they aggravate you, right? Right. <laughs> so we all understand fighting. When you said that, I thought, "Whoa, that is a very intelligent look at this thing." Inspiring people for fifty years. Now you get inspired. You then go on to inspire other people. How
3: did you inspire other people? I'm fascinated by this. Well, it's it's you know, life is a journey, right? so from rocky one all the way through to rocky balboa you keep adding to your journey it's just a personal belief i believe that you're here for two reasons to teach and to learn and you constantly do that you're either teaching people and you're learning and you're bettering your soul you're bettering who you are so with each trial and tribulation we had after my father died my oldest brother was severely picked on he just couldn't handle all the pressure you know he lost he was 10 when he lost a brother okay then he was 17 when he lost his father I, yes, I had the same circumstance, but I was four and ten. Did not affect me the same way because, again, to me, tragedy became normal. It was not a fall from grace. His was. So now he moves out from Brooklyn to Long Island. He's not a fighter by nature. He just wants, he's just a kid, just wants to have fun, wants to be loved and liked. And all of a sudden there was a group of people who latched on to anti-Semitism at that time. Okay. you know, not because it was so much anti-Semitism per se, but they right. found a weak link. Let me make fun of you in this. Way. OK, um, OK. You know, okay. Yeah. Head set. you know, you're not fighting back. So what do the bullies do? They jump on it. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So so they lit our garbage cans on fire. They firebombed the house with a chlorine bomb. They uh, burned a swastika on our front lawn. And it wasn't, I mean, we had uh, good people in the neighborhood too. There's a group of Irish kids across the street, five brothers. They would lit our garbage cans on fire one night. They came storming out of the house like Navy SEALs and they <laughs> chased the kids down the block. And it was the last time my brother was picked on in that way. <laughs> and, you know, because they beat the piss out of him down the block. Wow. So nice. So I, what I would do is I, I wanted to help people because I, again, it was just different. Diff, it would, I was born with it. You know, uh, I I wasn't, I mean, I'm saying my brother had the fall from grace. He's like, Oh, this is a great family. Five of us. Now there's three of us.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't
3: have any money at all. I remember telling my mother, Ma, how come you don't fill up the tank of gas? You know, when we go to the gas station it's to just get $5, you know, get better gas mileage. You got to stop anyway. And she looked at me and she said, cause I only have $5 in my purse. We didn't have any money, you know, and we just didn't have it. So that's the way I grew up. And I grew up then, my mother, remember, we had one TV in my mother's room. My mother and brother were fell into a deep depression to so everything that was going on. And I would leave the room and I would go into the linen closet and I'd put like something on my head, a cape with the towel. I'd come out and I would do all impersonations and Rocky was one of them, you know? And I would go back and forth like an improv show and make them laugh. And I realized, wow, if I'm doing something for somebody else, I am no longer thinking of my own problems. Right. And that's the way it went. And when you look at the Rocky films, he's not wallowing in his self-pity in his in his apartment in Rocky 1. Right. He's going to the pet store. He's making people laugh. He's trying to talk to little Marie yep. and get her straight, right? And even though she doesn't get in, she goes, you know, you, you know screw you creepo and all that, he's still trying. It makes yeah. him feel good. And I realized it made me feel good to help people. So then I became a cop, because it made me feel good to help people. Mm -hmm. And I became a fighter, a boxer, because when all the other kids had fathers to go to their practices and stuff, it was very political. You know, you're the one who's always in the last, even though I was very good. I actually had a tryout with the New York Mets in 1990. Um, Mm -hmm. But I realized this, in the ring, it's just you and that other person. Right. There's no politics. I mean, yeah, when you have right. to compose the there's politics with Don King and Bob Aaron back in the day with the like, He's right. You know, but you know, in the amateur is really not that many politics. You just win or you lose, and everything mm-hmm. is on you. If you didn't run, it's gonna come out in, yep. your, in your performance. If you don't train, it's gonna come out in your performance. You can't make excuses. And Rocky never made excuses. He took the punches, whatever it was. And what I think was so great about the Rocky films, the first and the last, the outcome didn't matter. You know, it, it didn't matter. You didn't, if you wanted, he didn't care if you won in Rocky one, and he didn't care if you won in the last Rocky, he walked out of the ring. Right. So I I developed that type of thing where my work ethic towards things I wanted to do became important. Doesn't mean I didn't take shortcuts because as a young man with no guidance, of course I took shortcuts. Sure.
2: Yeah.
3: But I knew better. I knew when I was taking those shortcuts. And yeah. I try and feel that in my daughters now. There's no, no place, there's no, no shortcut to any place worth going. I tell them all the time. And I get that from situations like watching Stallone. And again, he didn't set out to do that, but he did definitely affect my life in a very big way with his movies and the way he carries himself. See,
0: that's the thing. That's the thing about this character. It's life lessons. I mean, it really is. There are a million life lessons you can take from Rocky, all the Rocky movies. Uh, and, And I just Sometimes critics, and I don't mean professional critics, I mean fanboy critics. They don't. They either skip over that because they are keyboard warriors yes. from their basement, and they can type whatever they want without retribution. Like, wouldn't you love like, if Stallone just was able to track down everybody <laughs> who ever wrote <laughs> something negative? They were like, Not not like. Pauline Kale of the New York Times or whatever, but like, I mean, just your, your, your everyday person. And he knocks at the door and he goes, uh, you just had a problem with Rocky 5? <laughs> here I am. What What did I do that was so bad You had to write this? I'm like, you didn't understand, Rocky 3. What, what did I do that was so bad? Okay, here I am. Talk to me. They shit their pants. They would right. never, ever do that. And that's the thing about guys like Guys like yourself, no, no, let me, let me retract that humans like yourself, because I got to I always have to remember male, female, you know, people like yourself, they find themselves in those Rocky moments in life. And they say, how, what would Rocky do? Stacy's very mm-hmm. uh, famous for saying this. What would Rocky do? And, and that is something I think
3: you've used Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and it's very it's very poignant, Stacy, that you do say that because in, you know, we always you hear these quotes all the time. You know, when you're mad, you know, take a step back. You can always you can always curse at somebody later on. You can yes, always right. get to the argument later on, right? So take a step back. And as a cop, you know, you really kind of had to do that because too many times, a cop's a tough job, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And some cops they just they snap sometimes, yep. and it's no good. You know, it's whatever they do, they get heavy handed or get carried away yeah. for the 99.99% of the time. You don't But every once in a while and it can ruin their lives. Someone else's life, careers, whatever. So you take mm-hmm. a step back. And if you ask yourself, what would your hero do? What, what would somebody you look up to do for me? Yeah. I say, what would my father do? What yep. would somebody like a Rocky do? And some other people uh, that I look up to, what would they do? There's a handful of them in those situations. And, 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 and you, and you eventually get the right answer to it. Yes. Rocky's a fictional character. Yes. But he's a guide for who we all really strive to be. And I I say that all (laughs) the time, Scott.
0: (laughs) I I always say on the pedestal, you should never put another human on a pedestal. You should put, you could put ideas, you could put a concept on a pedestal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rocky is the best of who we can strive to be. If we try, we may never get there but we can try. And you, you said another thing that, that I wholeheartedly subscribe to. I have been very fortunate. (laughs) I have been very blessed to have two parents who had really good heads on the shoulders and, Their health has allowed them to stick around as long as they have. And I took an awful lot from my mom and my dad. And in this particular instance, I will give a shout out to my dad. What you just said, what did your dad think of? How would your dad react to a certain? I've had the benefit of listening to my father for 55 years. So I have. My father is, you know, for a guy and, and I'm just I want to go on a slight tangent here because not often I i don't always get to talk about my dad. But I. so my dad had a drop out of high school in ninth grade, ninth grade to help because yeah. his mom passed away early. He had a, a little bigger family, he had five brothers and sisters. And so he had to take care of them. Right. So he went to work with my, my grandfather. And so you think to yourself, hmm. What's a guy dropping out of ninth grade? What's he going to know?
3: Way more than everything. PhDs. That's right. That's right. Exactly. He had to learn it. He had to learn it by trial and error. Exactly.
0: He walked it and he knew what he didn't want and what he did want. And so I really, and Stacy can attest to this to a degree, I usually beat myself up to a degree what would my 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 dad probably wouldn't have done that my dad probably wouldn't have said it this way my dad probably would have been much more
3: open and understanding this happened a lot when i was a cop because i came on at 24 years old and i'll I'll relate this story to you i was jogging along in the uh, academy along the fdr drive here in new york city the fdr drive goes along the east river And I came on in the 90s under Mayor Dinkins. We had about, I think we had 20, close to 2,500 murders a year in the city of New York. And it was like, you know, the Wild West. And, you know, it was bad, you know, whatever. So I remember jogging and there were people fishing out of the East River. And I said to one of the instructors, I said, oh, my God, you know, who would eat anything out of that river? And she said to me, she said, it's better than not eating at all. Boom, stopped me in my tracks. Wow. And I started thinking just what you said. These homeless people, some of these criminals, some they're not born when they're born in this hospital. No nurse ever held a baby and go, Oh my God, you're gonna be a drug addict. Oh my god, right. you're gonna be a thief. You're gonna hit someone over the head with a pipe. No, it's so many reasons why people take a wrong path, yeah, down, down a place. Now, I'm not God. I I don't, I mean, I have, you have to protect yourself as a person and all yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I don't want to stand if I I have to judge actions. I don't want to judge people yeah. unless all the facts are always in. So you learn from that too. Kind of like if you go back to your Rocky thing when he's sitting there with Paul, you go, You don't know. People do because they want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you created your own circumstances a lot of times. Now, be that as it may, as an adult, you do have your own choices, no matter what you Oh yeah. You did. You know the difference between right and wrong every time. And many times we take the wrong choice because it's an easy way out. Absolutely. You know,
0: absolutely. And, and, and to, I love what you just said. Again, it's it's about understanding human nature. Human nature. We are so flawed as humans and we are trying to do the right thing the majority of us do try to do the right thing time and time again and sometimes we do need those heroes like you said to look look to what would rocky do and i think that is one of the beautiful things about good storytelling about great music about great fairy tales, all these things, mythology, Odysseus, all of these things I really believe contribute to who we are at any given time. I, 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 I do see that.
3: It definitely does. Even, I mean, studies will show that. If you look at certain music or certain shows that kids watch, you, I mean, you can go on and on and on with studies of psychological background of, of, of experts that say kids that are prone to watch X develop yep. this kids that are prone to watch why yeah. they fall down that and so when they say yes as human beings we have choices what we can even though look if you watch bad music that's or movies that that have violence yeah we still have a choice do we do that violence true right, but when right. you're inundated when kids are inundated yep with violent music or violent shows on who are the heroes when they don't have stability in the home If I would have watched different shows, maybe I would have been a different type of person. But I watched certain shows and I gravitated. to. But again, my father died when I was 10. So I had a very solid foundation of right and wrong and respect. So what did I do? I gravitated towards other people, other characters that showed respect for themselves and for others. And Rocky was one of those people. Along with some others,
0: what led you, what led you to being a cop? I, I was a cop for five years. Didn't work out for me. Just I I was too empathetic. I, I wasn't tough enough to be a cop. For you, how'd you get to be a cop?
3: Uh, it was a couple of reasons. Um, because I couldn't sing and dance. No kid. Because
1: kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs>
3: well, because um, you know, like I said, I grew up with not much, and uh, when I got out of the uh, of college it was nineteen ninety. there was a recession going on. Uh, the Gulf War was going on, so we were in a recession. There weren't a lot of jobs out. Um, and I, I grew up and I said, you know, I want to make sure I got benefits. I want to make sure I got a pension. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep for six months. And I was like, this just doesn't do it for me. I don't want to be in a suit. I want to be out there. I, I grew up struggling in the belly of the beast of society. Even though I was in a good neighborhood, I was, uh, we were struggling in that neighborhood. And I said, you know, I don't want to be, I had gotten sick. I didn't have health benefits. And the doctor in the neighborhood said, bring him in anyway. And he fixed me up. And I said, I never want to be in this position again. So I said, what's the best way? You know, uh, so I became a cop. I knew it could help people. Um, I had benefits. It was, it was a solid pension. And I knew I didn't want to grow up and end up in the spot where my mother was with no money, no pension. Um, and struggling all the time, no benefits and all that. So, so I did it. And I tell you, it was the single probably best decision I ever made because of the people sure. that I worked with. I mean, you're 24 years old and I got Vietnam vets teaching me how to act as a person. Wow. I've got, you know, I'm 24 years old going, I'm knocking on doors going, I, I hate to say this, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, but, you know, your husband or your wife or your kid, you know, they were killed. And you got to be, you know, you got a gun on your hip. You're 24 years old, 24 years old, you know, and you're making these decisions, these conversations. And I'm like, whoa. It's yeah. a reality check. My, my friends are going out to the bars, you know, right. and I'm working a roadblock or I'm answering gun runs on a Saturday night, you know, it's a, it's a real reality check. Um, and since I guess my background of having to grow up real fast, I was already used to it. I didn't know any, any anything else but having adulthood. So yeah. I just excelled at the human part. There are some cops that can spot a gun three blocks away. I wasn't one of them. You know, my cousin who introduced me uh, to, to you guys, my cousin Brad, he says, this kid is a better cop than I ever was. He's detective, you know, I mean he gun collars, you know, blah 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 blah. I was a guy who could go and calm a situation down. I go into the projects and I'm the first guy they shove into, you know, the meetings going, Hey, you know, let's talk to these people and, and explain why things happened the way they were. Yeah. You know, I was that guy. There's something for everybody in NYPD because it's 30,000 cops, you know? So, you know, I mean, I was always answering radio jobs, but I wasn't that guy who could spot the things as well as other people could. And luckily I had a sergeant who hated, I thought hated me because I was a kid. He didn't hate me. He was teaching me, you know, and he was great. I mean, this guy, Mitch Morrow was just a phenomenal cop, phenomenal sergeant. And, um, you know, he could spot a gun a mile away, like 70 something gun collars, whatever. Oh, and man. I thought he hated me. He wasn't hating. He was saving me from getting killed by being hard on me because I was, you know, looking for the easy way out. And um, so I became a cop. It was the best decision I ever made because it taught me how to handle responsibility and not look to blame others, which the youth of today is always looking for someone to blame. The know, victim, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't want to sound like an old man. People in general, it's never my fault. It's right. never my fault. Sports yep. stars, politicians, news anchors, it's never my fault. Yep. Yes, it is. You once you realize that, then you can learn from it. Yep. What's wrong with saying I'm sorry? I was wrong. Yep. We're all wrong. It
0: happens, right? <laughs> I've made more mistakes. As a matter of fact, Sue points out all the mistakes <laughs> I made. Anytime, <laughs> I, I seriously, I, you know, I I do kind of goof on that a little bit, but. No, making mistakes is where we learn and become better. Yes. And, but but uh, when I think in today's society, when you admit you're wrong or you failed, it, it is such a driven, deep thing that it's that uh, you can't recover from that. Oh, no, you're a failure. That's it. You admit you were wrong. No,
3: you become stronger, yes. and smarter when
0: you and it, admit. Puts,
3: and it puts your failure or your or your grievance or your indiscretion to rest. If I tell yeah. you I'm wrong, that takes the wind out of your argument. That's right. it. You can no longer argue with me. What are you going to say? I said, no, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah, but you, I just said, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Now you look like the idiot, but keep beating on me.
0: Exactly. Said, so let's, wrong.
3: let's move forward. How can okay. we come together and make
0: it better? Stacy? Right. what do you think about where we're at so far?
1: Scott, I, I could listen to you all day. Yeah. I mean, talk about ah, God, right. Talk about somebody who gets it, but I think you remind me, you know, we've had other guests, Nikki Petito and a uh, gentleman, Corey Baker, and When people have lost like that real young, your your childhood is just gone. So you're absolutely right. You were an adult from childhood and not knowing it. I liked what you said there. You're like, you're not even realizing this is so not normal. Um, And then, Mike, what you said, you know, when you come to the statue or or any piece of art or the Rocky movie, you come with everything before you, within you, and then – you took all of Rocky and all those lessons and all those things you missed out on. Cause your brother's gone. Your father's gone. Now Rocky's guiding you and saying, no, you got to be a stand-up person here and not find the shortcut there. And I just, I love the way you've applied it to your life. And I also love, I've always been fascinated with human behavior. I'm a nurse as well. So you and I have you get it. faced some, yeah. Very, very sad situations. And you're also, always fasc- that, you're
3: also from that ilk of there's no excuses. You have to find oh, an right. answer to the answer. You can't. Oh. You can't say, "Oh, I don't know." I don't know is not in the vocabulary of a first no. responder. You got to find no. out.
1: No. And I'm always fascinated by people who experience these heartbreaking things. And for some people, it crushes them, and they in for the rest of their lives, you know. And then other people. Thrive there. They're like, this was awful, and they turn it around, or they become something so substantive to make sure that others don't suffer these things. Or at least if they do, you can be there for them. And you've done that. So I want to move over to your book, which I am reading right now. I'm 70% done in Kindle. I posted it the other day. I think I told you I posted it. Let me pull it up here. But this is story after story after story of all the things that cops do when the cameras aren't running, right? right. Because there's so many things in that story right there when that woman came up to you and said, hey, where is the camera now? Of course, they only yeah. record when a cop is, you know, screwing up or doing something horrible. There's a million more good things that they do. So I want people to go on and just look for this, a warmer shade of blue this is beautiful. Uh, it, it is it is all the warm fuzzies that I love about the human experience <laughs> and all the things uh, that cops do that do go unsung, unnoticed. And sometimes you even have to sneak in a good thing or else you'll get in trouble for doing a good thing. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah. I don't remember because this, this book has been out there. I think we wrote it. We couldn't get a publisher. I had two books written that were all about funny mm-hmm. stories. And then, believe it or not, when I tried to shop this book around to a publisher, they didn't want it. And mm. they told me, <laughs> point, point blank, they said, if it doesn't have to do with a famous uh, criminal like a John Gotti or a Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that, or if it doesn't have to do with police corruption, they really don't want it. So mm-hmm. I was like, but, 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 yeah, okay, thank you, call again, you know. one of those. Days. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to self publish it. Cause yep. listen, let's face it. You're not going to make a ton of money. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody either. they're not knocking down doors for it. So I didn't really even care about it. And, and when I first started, I, it did sell this decent amount. I started, just donated all the money to like, uh, you know, police charities, whatever. Um, but now it's been out for a while, but uh, I don't remember all of the stories that are in it, but I do remember certain stories that, that affected me. And, Many things, what you just said is very true. The, the news doesn't want to know about that. They just don't. And it's shocking to me that I think it's 3 million calls a day. I think, I think, but it's close to that, that have interactions between the police and the public. And you hear about two or three that go wrong. That's a pretty yeah. phenomenal ratio. I yeah. mean, but and people don't realize that because everybody does this today, right? Oh, uh, I uh, got you. Got, yeah. After, mm-hmm. after the first stuff happens. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need checks and balances. I'm the first yeah. one to say that. I think every reasonable person knows cops aren't going to make the right decisions all the time. They're going to get carried away. Everything else it happens. But, but use your head. You know, my old boxing trainer, Mr. Davis, uh, he was uh, Howard Davis Jr. was a Sunday from the 76 Olympics. And he used to tell me something very poignant and he used to say if you don't want to be framed don't be in the picture to begin with <laughs> and uh two things things—he was taught me many things that was one of them the other thing he taught me about uh using excuses and i tell this to my daughter all the times so maybe I, but you don't mind me sharing this one thing because i just think oh maybe, please, oh, please. Yes. i didn't i didn't i showed up and uh and i really didn't have the wind in me that day and i don't remember if i was sparring or if I was just hitting the pads, working out with him, And he put his arms down, he came, he said, what'd you do this weekend? I said, oh yeah, I'm a little tired, you know? Yeah, I did go out. He goes, you went out? I said, yeah, you know, I had a couple of drinks. He goes, why'd you have a couple of drinks? I said, well, you know, I don't drink a lot, which I didn't, but I did have a couple. And uh, he said, why'd you have a couple of drinks? I said, well, you know, I don't drink that much. Now I'm looking for the excuse to, you know, cause I didn't drink that much, but you know, people are drinking, you know, I have a drink to be social. And he said something to me, I never forgot because he called me on my garbage right there and then. And he said, are you not confident enough to, to not drink? That you need a drink to be social? And uh, I felt like such this big. I'm like, you just called me on my manhood that I need a drink to be able to talk to somebody. I can't talk yeah. to a girl without a drink. I can't mm-hmm. be social without a drink. What a fool. I felt like, you know, at that point. So, you know, those are the two things that I stick out in my mind the most. Well, you said some other things like good, better, best. Never let it rest till the good gets better and the better gets best, which is like a rocky thing. Keep trying, keep going, keep doing it. But, you know, he said, if you don't want to be framed, don't be in the picture to begin with. And that's what's way I feel with a lot of the public and a lot of these feel good things when they always say, oh, the cop just pulled me over and I got better things to do then just pull you over. <laughs> you know, I can't, when I'm behind you 50 yards at night, I have no idea what sex, religion, or race you are. Right. No right. freaking clue. As you, When I'm behind you and you're weaving in a traffic, I have no idea who you are. For yeah. all I know, like I don't know what I'm getting into. And when you got yeah. tinted windows, yes, I have my hand on my gun because I don't know who you are. Now, with that said, it then falls on the cop treat everybody with respect when they pull them over yeah yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am so it's a give and take with the public you know so there needs to be some maybe communication on that but the good stories cops buying we bought bicycles for kids we gave people bus fare to go see their families yeah you know i i mean you know food drives um you know things like that like when you know there was there's one uh, there's so many of those stories that happen all the time. Special needs kids that want to take mm. pictures with you, yeah. You know that don't have friends in the neighborhood because they are special needs. Knocking right. on their door just to say, hey, is you know is is uh, is Tommy home? Just want to say hello. Do you notice know a smile on a kid's face that the yeah. cop came and said hello to him? You know, yeah. no, The news doesn't report that, but I absolutely. know, and a lot and and it's done all the time.
0: All the yeah. time. Stacy, was ha, has Scott been a good choice for the podcast?
1: <laughs> well, you tell your cousin, not your friend Brad, yeah. he was one thousand percent right. Uh tell exactly. tell the story real quick. Brad became a
3: oh oh Brad became a cop. I love Brad. He's uh I, I, I get choked up sometimes. I talk about him. He's he's like if I he's my cousin, but if I had a son, oh. he'd be my he'd the son oh, I want yeah, have. That's
0: great. That's he, uh,
3: he, he had a very tough upbringing too. I'm not going to get, it's for him to talk about, but he had a tough yeah. upbringing, very close knit, you know, with him and his mom and his sister. But uh, he came down to when I was working, I was in plain clothes doing, doing some investigating, an investigative unit applicant, applicant processing. And he came down and he saw, in those days we wore our shields on the outside around our neck and I had my gun on my head mm-hmm. and he came, I want to say probably was 14, 15 maybe. And mm-hmm. he came down and he said, that's what I want to do. I want to do what cousin Scott's doing. I want to be a cop, and uh he became a cop, and he's done it. He's done it. I can't tell you his investigative. I, I don't know. It's not for me to say. I tell my friends. I don't want to say it on the air, so I don't want to give up his investigative tools on the way. Yeah. On the way, he's made collars, but man, it's really creative <laughs> on the stuff that he has done. All legal but it is just amazing the stuff he does on a computer and stuff to find out criminals and gun collars. I'm like, it's freaking genius. How do you, <laughs> that's unbelievable. I, you know, that's what I said. So, everyone's got their thing, you know, yeah. as a cop. And yeah. 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 Far better cop than I am. And he's made detective. He's probably going to make grade, which is a promotion in the detective ranks. I mean, it's just, and he's, you know, just a great guy. Great, great kid. I kid. Oh, wow. He's a grown man. To me, he's a kid. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs>
1: It's amazing how old they can be and still be a kid. Exactly. But thank exactly. you, uh, Scott. You, you're you're all of it. You know, you were you you're Rocky in that. You were nice when you were in a bad mood. You know what I'm saying? You were you've done the 14th round how many times in your life? Yeah. <laughs> a million times yeah. in your life. You know what I mean? The advice you've given, the the kindness you've shown. I mean, you're just a fighter in every way, and I I just wonderful. Fabulous guest, very upbeat, very inspiring, and and um.
3: Where, where yeah, are you guys I, based out of? I, I don't I don't know. Is it I Scream? live in
1: Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee. Oh, my daughter goes to Tennessee,
3: not Knoxville. I'm bringing her down next week.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. I'm in Clarksville. I'm like three and a half hours, four-ish hours. From, I took the last from...
3: train to Clarksville a long time ago. No. <laughs> <I'm
1: sorry. laughs> yes, you did. I'm in Philly. Mike.
3: You're in Philly, yeah. oh, Mike. I I don't know, but I, I I'm doing a show. Um, at, uh, in, in Doylestown on, uh, Friday and Saturday at, um, uh, Friday, Saturday at Poco's comedy club.
0: Yeah. 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 Doylestown is not that far. It's like 15 minutes away. Maybe so 17 minutes. It's a, uh,
3: you know, if you want to come down and watch the show, let me know.
0: You know what? After this, Scott, let, let's, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, get your information from Stacy and I'll send you my n- phone number. Well, let's talk about it. Let me see yeah. if we, we can get down there. I love that. I'm there, I'm there
3: two, three times a year. So,
1: no Oh, are you really? Yeah, so oh, no good, good, good,
0: good. Yeah. I'd love to come down. Right, love
1: yeah. That. So let's just dedicate a few minutes to that. You're, you, you do improv and when are you going yeah, to Nashville? Probably, Cause yes, that's only 40 exactly. minutes. For exactly. I love this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we will be down in Tennessee. Uh, my, uh, uh, We will be doing uh, our net of where we're going to go. will be long. We would go up and down the East coast. We've done cruise ships. We do casinos. We do some major theaters. Uh, We'll be doing some, some, some stuff. Uh, I've been doing it for like 15 years. It's all off the cuff. Um, Are you more
0: Seinfeld?
3: More dice? More, yeah. uh, more, uh, whose okay. line, more whose line is it anyway? Cause oh, okay. yeah, nice. It's, nice. it's all, it's all audience participation and we go where the crowd goes so we could do our family shows. We do our adult shows. I've never believed in, if you have to rely on the curse to be funny, you're not funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You know, So, so sure. we do that and, uh, we try to treat everybody with the respect, um, uh, but have fun with it. We don't make fun of you. Our mantra is have fun with you.
0: Right. So, Right. Scott on the Rocky files We as we close out here We have two questions we'd like to ask Sure All right So one is one we've asked from every episode But no one we've been asking is How do you see the character of Rocky If you're going about your day You're in the middle of a, a, a your comedy routine It's after it you're, you're relaxed You're chilling You're thinking about the night And someone says Hey are you a Rocky fan What What's the image that pops in your mind of Rocky humility
3: oh really yeah you know in mm. all of his um episodes he was humble in every single thing with his success and he treated everybody with respect okay so you can always say yeah not give up not give up but that's already in me from yeah. you know what i mean it's it's bred in me now right from the character and from other things i've done in life But the humility of treating people with the respect that flashes through my mind when I think of Rocky, I think of, I think of the Thanksgiving scene, when yeah, okay, you know, it's uh, to you, it's thanks to everybody, it's Thanksgiving to me, it's Thursday, yeah, right, right, you know, um, and you know, to me, that's who Rocky is. He's always humble, and in the last one too, when he's just walking out of the ring, and you know, he didn't care if he won a loss. He just wanted to prove it to himself that he could do it.
0: So, Scott, you you have 30 seconds in an elevator with Sylvester Stallone. What do you say to him? Thank you.
3: That's it. Just thank you. You know, I mean, thank you for all wow. the stuff that you did for the for, for staying humble. I would just say thank you for being the, the guy that you are through All Out and not being one of these loudmouth celebrities, staying yeah. true to who you were yep. and being a good guy and staying out of the, 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 the tabloids of stupidity and just being a good guy. I think that's more important than anything.
0: Scott, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart so much for your time, your energy, your stories, and uh, your heart. I, uh, yeah. brother, I gotta tell you, I got mad love for you. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> <Well, thank, thank laughs> yeah.
3: Thank the both of you for doing the, the job you're doing because I think it really is great. It's great entertainment, and it's uh, it's really heartfelt stuff. So thanks for having me on. Yeah.
0: Scott, Absolutely. as we always say, keep keep punching,
3: <laughs> okay. you, you well. Bye.
0: bye-bye. Bye. All right. I mean, yeah, wow. You can talk for three hours.
1: Yeah, the stories are endless. And and I think I related to him so much because nurses work very closely with cops. You know what I'm saying? And, and cops sure. are passing off these folks many, many times to yeah. the ER, to the nurses, and so there's a million things that you do that go unseen, you know, and, um, he's absolutely right about that. And I just, I don't know. I just want people to read that book because each story is very quick. It's two or three pages, right? but it just, just highlights the sweet spot of that one little thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I jumped in front of the bullet. It's you know, it's it doesn't yeah. have to be this massive thing to mean the world to someone who yeah. really, really needs it. And he does all that and he's Rocky in every way. He's Rocky yes, in a cough uniform.
0: Yes, he is. <laughs> yes.
1: And now he's making people laugh. So I like that too. <laughs> you gotta love
0: that. Laughter is the best cure. All yeah. Stacy, what else is happening on the Rocky Files?
1: Let me see. What do we have? I think we're done. <laughs>
0: We're for out sure. of here.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did, we did good. I love, um, love the vibe. It was a great vibe. It was a good season. vibe. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Michael, where can people find you?
0: All right, so I wrote a little book called Cue the Rocky Music, and it is a kind of like a whole what I do about the tour, what stories I tell on my tour, I have in the book expanded. Okay, I yeah. tell in a linear fashion that. Yeah is a much more in-depth detail about my life so uh you can go to anywhere books are sold barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com mm-hmm. and buy cue the rocky music i mean it's a great little uh book uh there is a poster or there is a movie about me called the pretender there it is boom boom the <laughs> From uh, my good friend, Jimmy Toscano, uh, out in Detroit, a filmmaker who made came to me with an idea about a Rocky fan documentary. I thought it was crazy. And boy, did he have something special. So check that out. Check me out at the o Philly Film Tour. Film tour. <laughs> oh, sometimes I forget the new name. And, uh, you know, just uh, keep punching people. Stacy, where can people find you?
1: I'm over. It had me at yo on Instagram as well as the Rocky Files. And on Facebook, we are at the Rocky Files podcast. Yay.
0: Stacy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.
1: Keep watching, my friend.